Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, July 15th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 248. I'm your host, Austin Walker, coming to you from the past. <laughs> I'm stuck in the past. It's Friday. You're Ooh. stuck before the time jump. The time jump hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> in Austin's Brooklyn. not allowed to date anyone. <laughs> unless I'm a support, unless I'm already a teen, in which case I think the teens can date. I think the teens can date before the time jump. But the, you heard your it. main character. Well, sure, let the, te- let the teens date. <laughs> but I bet they for. can't S-rank. Maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't know enough. I mean, no, is S-rank like... S-rank. S-rank is, S-rank is marriage. S-rank is for real. That real shit. Well, look, yeah. I, look I've been a teenager. Nobody's fucking S-ranking at that age. <laughs> like, I know you, you may in feel any, like you've got capacity. it. You, yeah. you think you've S-ranked. I promise you, you have <laughs> not. Mm-mm. We are, of course, talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, of course. Uh, a game due to come out. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just uh, because you're confused. Just in case. <laughs> we uh, were talking about all teens in the world. They can now date. Teens, as decreed as, by Aston Walker. Well, I'm Look, you know what? I've, I've seen some TikTok, and it's closer to Fire Emblem than it is not. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The teen culture right now, it's, it is a whole different thing than what it was. It's an extension of trends. They you know what I mean? Hit or miss, or they they, they pass that? Oh my god, they are so, so past, past that? hit or miss good. at this good point. Good to know. TikTok <laughs> is huge. Yeah. Oh my god, we yeah. don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't. Uh, <laughs> I, t- I was watching Vid- VidCon is going on uh, as yeah. we were recording uh-huh. this, mm-hmm. and I the like dispatches from there are wild. Like, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but like the TikTok panels full, the YouTube panels suffering from people not showing up. It's oh, just, I bet. Mm-hmm. I anyway, yeah, no, I am not surprised. TikTok, TikTok memes. Why don't we everywhere. have a TikTok? Uh, we don't have anyone who has enough time to be big, big that's, on TikTok. That's yeah. true. That, yeah, <laughs> it's not the world we live in anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm gonna start a TikTok for Waypoint. No, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to. Well, you, you can. Time. You, look, I don't, I don't you, have you can time. look. Look, Kato, you want to call it Waypoint? You do whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No one's gonna notice. Uh, there's probably already one. They probably already registered it, and they're squatting on the name. They probably have Why one. Why is not late on this TikTok shit? I'm gonna Why look. They? I'm gonna yeah. look. They should get on TikTok. They should fucking get on TikTok. Oh boy, it's the new thing. Uh huh. It's actually not even the new thing at this point. Like that's the thing. Like we're already at the point at no. which TikTok is being used we're by the, adults. We're at the the height. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the top. The like, corporations once yeah. they arrive. Yeah. Then yeah. The, the, the exodus has yes. already been written on the wall. We, there are already divorce people divorcing each other on TikTok. At that point, <laughs> what, what comes after an S rank? Divorce. Um, I mean, that's just 
that's you know, just life. That's, uh, you prestige, you do it over again. You do it again, right? Okay. Different, there yeah. is Waypoint, as far as I can tell, is we need still to available. We have, you should register. But Waypoint, <laughs> Waypoint, <laughs> Waypoint, L- Waypoint LOL is yeah. taken. And that's it's just, just memes making someone songs. just, no, it's just doing, it's just Fortnite It's Fortnite emotes. dances, it's Fortnite emotes. Right, all of course. The through. Because, yep. But it's not just people in the Waypoint skin. Either it's not just like here's the waypoint skin doing every Fortnite dance. Oh, we we're gonna talk about a game I like. Someone with really flexible thumbs. Okay, get off TikTok. Wait, what? Don't. Whoa! <laughs> Those thumbs too flexible in my opinion. We should talk about this game. Fire Emblem sure. Three Houses. Ask me anything about Fire Emblem Three Houses as long as it isn't story content after this mission. I'm not gonna say the name of or the identity of this character who's a mystery. You can oh, ask me what? anything else besides those things. Is the okay, person I, pretending right. to be Martha again? I have no idea. I don't know. I actually don't. I'm not far enough in. I'm like 12 hours in. 13 hours and 15 hours sure. in. Somewhere in that space. Mm. Uh, I'm playing it a lot. I really like it. Ask me anything about Fire Emblem Three Houses. It, all right. So did we all collectively, the three of us, skip the last one that was like Fates. split in two? Yeah. yeah. Split in three. Three. Four. Three? Uh, I can't remember what the fourth thing is. But I don't there know. is some fourth thing, I don't think right? that's true. I think there were three. Really? Maybe there was DLC. Maybe it was DLC that I'm thinking there was, of. There was, there was there Fire the Emblem, Fates. Right. And then there was Revelations. And then there was the like, was third the, thing. the third, the like, I'm not going to join either side. I'm going to find the truth or whatever. I don't know. I didn't and play I it. And I felt like there was some end <coughs> to that that was additional. But maybe I'm just misremembering. Maybe. Um, yeah, uh, I skipped that. But we also, all played Awakening. We all played yeah. Awakening. And also, just to be clear, some other Fire Emblem things have come out in the course of all of that. It's just that one of them was a remake. One of them was the... Oh, uh, Heroes. And Heroes happened also, yeah. yes. So Heroes happened. I and heroes. then I uh, Echoes, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of, of, Val- of Valencia came out on the 3DS. Wait, what? And that was a remake Oh, oh right, Ga- uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah, also yeah. didn't play because of not wanting to charge my 3ds. <laughs> um, and also, like, not it not do. Uh, so the other re- the other reason for that was I didn't want to play another Fire Emblem that was like so. I mean, Echoes was interesting because it had like dungeon crawling in it, hmm. uh, which is a, a thing that I, I again I didn't get very far into it. So maybe it was only a small component. I'm not sure. But it's just like the meta structure, the, the overall structure didn't appeal to me that much. That is like the number one thing that appeals to me about Three Houses. I love the structure of Three Houses. I'm still in part one. I'm still pre-time jump. They've advertised that there is a time jump in this game, Mm -hmm. similar to the one in Awakening, um, that shifts the focus. And that's a bigger move. And I don't know know the specifics of how it shifts that focus. But if it shifts the focus entirely away from the school that is the center, it's really a monastery that's also a school, that is the center of Fire Emblem Three Houses in the first part, that would be a pretty dramatic shift. But right now... The overall structure of this game is so good and it like it is it's keeping me completely involved in that sort of one more one more move style of play mm-hmm. um, uh, that in a way that Fire Emblem never has before. Right. So we all played Awakening. Yeah. The structure of mm-hmm. Awakening was there's story missions to do. There's side missions to do. You could do those side missions if you want to, mm-hmm. but then you're going to go do those story missions, right? I'm not forgetting any other weird mm-hmm. meta structure. No, and like wasn't and like like the character stuff was based on like pa- like pairings of characters you mm-hmm. brought into battle that would sync them up. If you were if they were near each other, like the dialogue bits yes. you would get. If they healed each other, if they were near um, each other, if they supported each other in combat, stuff like that yeah. would rank them up. All that's still true. 
There's just other other ways. Um, Fates, the one that none of us really played. I played some of it. I played like 15 hours of I the... the <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I just booted it up and just, you know, 15 hours later. Just, well, just dip my toe in the it. The thing is, that thing... Fates had three games. Two of them were like 50 right. hours each or whatever. And the third mm-hmm. one was 30 hours or something. Yeah. Um, and so I played Birthright, which was the one that was a little bit more like Awakening, where you pick whatever stories you wanted to go. Where you picked mm-hmm. the mission. There were side missions to do, etc. Conquest was the one where you played for like the European faction. And that was just like story mission, story mission, story mission, the way that original or a lot of other previous Fire Emblems were. Right. Fire Emblem Three Houses ditches that structure. I mean, there are story missions. There are like... Here's your story mission. Here's the next story mission. But you have this like really nebulous time in between those and yet not as nebulous as Awakening where you could just do side missions forever. You are playing as – your default name for your character is Byleth. Uh, you can play as a man or a woman. Uh, actually, there's, there are two forms offered, which is, which is a nice thing. At the beginning, when you, it's like pick your form. Hmm. Um, but there are still gender-locked – classes and gender locked relationships mm. so it's still gender you're still choosing a gender yeah. um the uh you are the the child of a world famous mercenary a mercenary this guy used to be like a huge super knight for like the pope basically or the the pope has the the lead religious figure in the world he was like the the one of the best knights in in her service something happened mysterious mm. he goes off to become a mercenary he's raising you there are lots of questions about your past early on uh you like right away while like walking somewhere you and your dad run into the three leaders of the of the kind of three noble houses that lead the continent that you're on basically they all come from a different kingdom one is from like an empire one is from a kingdom that broke away from that empire and one is from a kind of allegiance of nobles that broke away from that kingdom um <laughs> so it's like and and these are the three kids who are going to grow up to be the next leaders Feudalism right all the way down all the way down <laughs> yeah there's no one no one is like uh, you know, who knows story? We'll see how well, the story yeah, goes, yeah. right? <clears throat> um, you rush to their aid, and because you do well, you end up uh, and, and you escort them to this monastery where they're going to start their new school year. You immediately are assigned to become the new teacher. For whatever reason, they're missing a professor this year. <laughs> and so you get to be the prof- the new professor. We and need a new defense against the dark arts teacher again. Again. <laughs> Whoops. Uh-huh. And so you get to pick which of the three houses you're going to be the professor of. Um, I picked Golden Deer, which is led by Claude, who is like the snarky, like s- s- tan one. You know, <laughs> there's like there's like the emo blonde boy. Uh-huh. There's like the serious like woman who is girl who's gonna grow up to be like hashtag I'm with her. I don't know what her story is, but her vibe <laughs> is like I take this shit seriously. Yeah, I am a wor- I'm here for real. This is what my whole life has been building to. And then and Hermione. then. Right, Hermione. And then there's Claude, who's like a goofball, but but a goofball and a flirt who has like some mystery shit going on. Mm. He there is some shit with his background mm. that is clearly and he like he's the one who's like, yeah, we could try to compete fairly, you know, uh, teach or I could put gum on the bottom of all their of all their shoes and they won't be able to keep up with us. And it's like, don't do that. Hell but if yeah. we need, but if we need Hell, to, well, but man. if we need to, <laughs> and so like his so each of the three houses has a has. Some overlap in their content and also has some unique content because the characters do things differently and because you're, you're kind of following their the stories of those houses. Right. Um, the way the game is structured is that you have a month. You wake up. You have a calendar in front of you. Hmm. Um, it is a Sunday morning. That is your free day of the week. What do you do with your day? 
do you uh, do you go off and do a side battle? Because there are those side battles. And do you say, you know what? This weekend, I'm going to take my kids out. We're going to go kill some bandits. We grinding. <laughs> we grinding. We grinding. Grindin'. Or do you uh, decide, you know, I'm going to do some stuff around the campus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hang out around campus. You get like a number of actions you can do per day and right. you get more of those as you level up your professor level. Um, so like right now I can do like five big things. You can do small mm-hmm. things for free. So you can go fishing for free. That doesn't take up an action point. You can go to the greenhouse and plant some seeds or harvest some stuff you've grown. Totally free. That's all menu driven. It is not Stardew Valley. But it's like, but it's like moving a piece forward costs a professor Right. So like the professor whatever. actions are things like um, sitting down with two of your students or a, or a couple professors or whoever to have a meal. And that will raise your support with them and maybe, uh, you know, give them a skill boost in the next fight. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You know, doing completing certain side quests because you get certain side quests that are things like some of them are like basically um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, 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 why am I thinking forgetting of this very fundamental video game term? Um, would you like bring you br- like delivery fetch quests? quests, fetch quests? Thank <laughs> you. Oh my god! Some of them are like very basic fetch quests. Some of them are like just like avenues for story to be developed mm-hmm. uh other things are like quick. you you'd go into like you do a choir session there's all sorts of stuff you can do around school quick question Quick question yes uh when you go into battle yeah. is that made solely of uh, the students that are under you or yes. other other so you have your class yeah you can early on in the game you get the ability to once per like month take one person from another school and bring them with you Interesting. they don't level up they mm-hmm. are at a set level they will not gain xp while you're fighting with them um, but it's like, if, like, oh shoot! Like, I need an axe person, and I don't, I don't have, have an axe person. Right the thing now, that I've I'm been doing draft one in is mm-hmm. like every month. The the missions clearly have a story thing with them, right. and so it's like, it's you know, you go around the campus and you talk to everybody, and Wait. so early on in the early on in the month, you get what the mission is. You're told like, okay, you're gonna go put down this rebellion, and or that whatever. happens at the end of the month. And then at the end of the month, you go and do that mission. I see. Okay. And so you have three weekends basically to go do what you want to do, and. You know, this is, I'm completely pulling this from my ass, but let's say it's like, oh yeah, there was a bandit uprising. Most of the time, it turns out the bandit uprising is led by, you know, someone's uncle. Yeah. And and sometimes that person is not from your squad. And so like that, I will tend to like recruit that person so mm. that I can see any okay. unique dialogue in that, right, in that fight, right. even though they're not, they're not normally with me. That tends to be how I make that decision. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's already pretty cool. Another thing you can do on your Sundays is invite... Uh, invite another professor to lead a seminar, which will give your students boosts in in whatever clear stat, whatever stats that that professor is good at. So, like, you have the the knight who is good at shields and good at axes, and the five students who attend, plus you, because you also are attending and working on your own skills, uh-huh. you'll get a big boost to those skills. Nice. Um, which kind of leads to the second big thing you do, which is when you when it isn't a day off. You are, uh, when it's, I guess it's like Monday morning, you set the agenda for the week. You have your set of students in front of you. They have their skills. They have their traits because every student has like a special trait that can be like, like I have one one character who gains experience in different weapon types like twice as fast as as other people. I have another Mm -hmm. person who gets, um, who does more damage consistently, always will do plus two damage if he has this new thing called a battalion attached to him. A battalion is like a group of like rank and file soldiers mm-hmm. who just like give you one special ability you can do and also just boost your stats a little so that, bit. Is that That's like an accessory cool. then? It's like an accessory. to the character? Yeah, okay. it's like an accessory. So it's not like you're having a 
It's not like in battle, like make no. sure this unit is no. next they to them. No, they are just, it's like a, yeah, it's, you equip it, it breaks like a weapon does, like you lose the members of the battalion, so to speak, <laughs> and then in between rounds, or they get wounded or whatever. Oh, they're just, yeah. they're just broken. They're fine. They're, fine. Yeah. they're just, they're, fine. they're taking a nap. Can you repair it? Yeah, totally. It okay. is cheap as right. shit to repair battalions. <laughs> it's way cheaper to repair battalions than to repair weapons. Wow. Way cheaper. Okay. Um, uh, it's <laughs> all my battalions will be next to broken, like seventy gold. Like, all right, cool. How much to fix this iron spear? Four hundred. Like, up. <laughs> all right. I mean, I guess the spear is doing most of the damage. <laughs> you got me. Um, so when you're doing this on this Monday morning, what you can do? This is like where why I love this game. You have eight students. Each student can have two goals set for their professional development. So, for instance. Uh, uh, Claude. Claude, by default, the two things I think that he's studying is bow is like bows, like archery, um, and authority. Authority connects to that battalion stuff I was just talking to. Do they come with preset classes at the so point? at the beginning? Everyone is either a noble or a commoner. That's it. That is it. Okay. You pretty quickly unlock the next set mm-hmm. where. To get to that next set, your skills have to be at a certain level, and they right. have to take a test, and if they pass the test, they, uh, they get, get certified as that class. Gotcha. Most of the time, at the, for the beginning of the game, you're going to get to 100%. Like, you're certain they're going to pass the test because right. they the requirements are so low. It's like, get to level D in axes, and you can become a fighter. Like, yeah, no worries. I can do that. Right, right. So when you the, by default it's like you set their goals you make sure their goals are set you hit you hit like let the week happen and they all get bonuses but there's some things you can do to to uh, increase how they're learning how they're growing one is you you get a certain number of turns again a certain number of points to put into like one-on-one instruction like uh, sort of like a, you know a, a, a direct reading type seminar thing mm. where you just go in and be like all right I'm gonna teach you about this one specific thing right now a few like a few times you just pick a f- few stats and like give them a little b- a boost in it and there's a chance it goes super well there's a chance it doesn't go well at all and you can only do this as long as they have motivation and they get motivation from having lunch with you or having their side quest get completed or huh. doing really well in class okay. um, and you praising them or doing really badly and then you deciding do you give them do you comfort them or do you critique them are they the sort of person who wants to get harsh real feedback wow. or are they want to, or are they someone who you know you got to be a little more gentle with um, and all of this is how the bulk of their stat gains come in terms of their class, in terms of their ability to use different weapons. The right. thing that makes them go from an, you know, an E in axis to a B in axis is the time they spend learning. And the, the wrinkle that makes this my favorite thing is that sometimes they have an ability that's like in them, a potential that is not the thing that they want to study or the thing that you think they should be studying. So Claude, the guy who's good at archery, actually has this really dope axe skill he can unlock. You don't know what it is. You just like a little set of like three uh, stars next to his axe skill. And so it's like, hey, if you keep teaching him axes, if you like nose to the grindstone, push through this early shit, mm. he is going to unlock a special axe ability. It might not be unique. You know, high-level axe people might get it anyway, but he'll get it early in the game, and it'll be very powerful. Huh. So I like one character who's like a soft-spoken, very faith-driven character who is, you know, someone who is like very apologetic. She's She's like very soft-spoken and very just like, afraid of everything and so she's like a mage or a monk or whatever is like where she's supposed to go Mm -hmm. but she gets a really dope spear ability very early if you spend the time teaching her lances and spears and that is really cool like you'll get a scene where she comes up she's like professor can i can i please just study the bible i'm like (laughs) please just let me be the faith character yeah and i'm like nah i'm you know what go back go back to your seat you're 
you're going to keep learning that spear. <laughs> you can learn faith too. I'm not saying don't learn faith. Your two goals, faith and spears. That's it. Um, and so that's a Have all, faith in spears. Have faith and if in you just spears. change what totally. you're, yeah. This sounds very um, similar to my Donnell, like when you're yes, trying to yes, get him yes. in awakening. Like, uh-huh. So if people like didn't like recruit this, you know, farm boy with a with, 100%. with a stick and a and a and a uh, tin pot on his head, he was so weak. And mm-hmm. the uh-huh. uh, the way you uh, you know gain experience in Fire Emblem games if you haven't played those before uh, is by attacking, and you get yes. the most XP through a kill. Through a kill and specifically, so, yes, yes. And so what you'd have, and like uh, Donnell could do no damage, like just <laughs> nothing, just <laughs> pittance. And so what you'd have to do was pair him up next to like a knight, like and against a knight that was you know strong against a weak enemy, and get their HP all the way down, but not so kill Donnell them. Donnell could just cut. Not kill them. And so yeah. Donald could just so come rough. up and just like push them Poke. over. Like yeah. someone is holding them over and Donald just goes, Burr! and then you just do that for a couple of hours. And by, I mean, uh, Donald by the end of Awakening is just yeah. a fucking so I always, killing machine. So the thing that this game is doing is one, it's doing that with every character, that feeling of like, oh, my precious Which baby. Which is cool because that was such you know a what fun, I mean? yeah. my favorite arc yes. of Awakening. I don't remember anything that happened in the story of that game. But, you're like, but I remember yo, Donald the journey of dumb. turning him yeah. into a tank. Yes. Yeah. So that's all. And so like that's already happened. My guess is the ca- so I have a character who like uh, idolizes the my, my character's father and wants to be a mercenary herself. She's like, I want to grow up to be a mercenary. I used to train with your dad. Maybe I even know your dad more than you. Actually, maybe. Whoa. I'm like, whoa. Okay, slow down. Damn. Go back to your seat. Actually, <laughs> to, you have three homework assignments now. Um, uh, she has already grown up to be like, whoa. She. There are times that someone hits her and she just takes no damage, and like a strong Hell enemy yeah. does. I'm like, yes, fucking killing it right now. And I know that in five levels, other people, the enemies will have caught up to her. I don't think she's going to remain the un, undefeatable tank for the whole game. Mm-hmm. But the the game kind of like moves those characters in these cycles where like, okay, they are at their height compared to the types of enemies you're fighting against right now. So you get that great like jolt of, of like enthusiasm and pride in, in the characters you've brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the Fire Emblem is good. It's like the I was gonna I was gonna the say combat, the tactics they work and there yeah. are some smart changes. There were changes I was. It seems very, like they kind of gotten rid of some of the. Uh, they got rid of the like triangle. The triangle, the triangle right? was just gone. Yeah. So previously, Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. So previously, like actually gone. Hundred percent gone. So it used to be the case that if you had a spear troop, that mm-hmm. spear troop easily beat the sword person. You had a huge advantage against against swords yep. because you had range. Uh, if you had swords, you you beat axes because they were mm-hmm. quick. You get in quick. You hit them. You don't you don't get hit as bad back. If you have axes, you beat spears. That was like the basics of the yep. triangle. Um, that is gone because wow. a lot of characters can switch between those weapons. The being a being a fighter doesn't mean you can't use a sword or a bow. Being a monk, which is the the mage class mm-hmm. or the like, the beginner tier mage class, or being kind of even a higher level one doesn't mean you can't use weapons anymore. And so, like, yes. You there so yes, there are weapons that specifically do more damage to other types of cl- character classes. So like I have something called like the Night Kneeler, which is specifically for fighting uh, like uh, cavalry units. Uh-huh. That is like a spear, or I think it's a spear. Maybe it's neck. I think it's a spear. There's other ones like Armor Slayer or something. It's like you do extra damage to mounted units. You do right. extra damage to 
armored units. And that is where that stuff happens. There are still like occasional moves that do that too, like special skills you unlock for your character. It's like, this is a good move against monster type enemies. This is a good move against, you know, flying type enemies. But it's just an advantage as opposed to like a fatal. I mean, it's pretty fatal, but it's just rarer, right? Because it's not built into the weapon itself. It's a skill that specific character has or that specific weapon has. And so you end up- And there are some weapons without skills Most skills, most weapons are just Just like, here's a sword. Here's a a sword, it does damage. Now the sword also has a weight and like, you don't have to worry about that, but like the, it has, they have attributes. It's not just a number, you know what I mean? Like there are times I want to, I have someone who has like an iron sword and a steel sword because the iron sword is a little bit lighter, which means that sometimes they unlock the ability to attack twice in a single action instead of once. And even though it's less damage per hit, it's still twice. So like there are still all the the fire and shit you like is still there. Um, And I'll add here two huge things. One, narratively early on, you get the ability uh, to turn back time in little chunks. Uh, Like Into the Breach, three times permission, you can rewind time. And you can rewind it to as far back as you want. You can rewind it to the middle of a turn. There are times when I'm like, oh, fuck, this whole strategy is bad. I really, I got to go back to like, to turn two. And there are other times where I'm like, hey, I just need to not move that one person in the middle of the last turn and I will be fine. (laughs) And I want to keep all the rest of the moves I did before that there. And I go back like three steps. And you do it three times by default. Oh, that's so smart. so smart. Now Uh, wait, now wait, get ready for even the bigger fucking thing that's new. When you move a unit around, you know, you turn on the thing where it's like, here is the direction the enemy, here's the area the enemies are going to attack, right? Mm -hmm. When you Mm -hmm. move a unit into that space, if they will be aggroed, if they have aggroed the enemies, it will immediately draw a line onto them before you place them down. So if you're moving a mage across the, you know, across the field, and then suddenly it's like, bloop, and like three giant red lines attached. Like, oh shit, right, if I move her out there, she's gonna be the one who gets targeted. I should, okay, let me move the knight guy up first so it blocks the, the, the distance between the enemies and her. And like, it, and even, and once you place it, I wish it gave you all of this in the middle of moving it around, but once you have a character placed, you can go to enemies, see what they're, who they're going after, what their intentions are, yeah. and how much damage they are going to do to you on their turn, oh. on average. They could crit. They could yeah. crit still. Shit yeah, could go yeah. bad. Yeah. But there are times where I'm like, all right, let me look at the field. Okay, I got Byleth over, over here, and you know he has three of these red arrows pointing at him, but when I look at the enemies, they all only do you know like one-fifth of the damage. He will survive that string of attacks. Um, there's still some mental math you have to do. There's still like, you know, it, it isn't calculating the possibility that, and this is a thing that I'm sure you both know from Fire Emblem games. Sometimes it looks like you're doomed because you're surrounded by dudes, but only two of them can actually get to you and attack you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do any of the calculus right. around that stuff. You still have to like be mindful about how, or the vice versa. Right. You have to make sure you don't put yourself in that position where you're like, I have overwhelming odds, but... I, there's a choke point and now I'm fucked. <laughs> I can't do um, so that stuff is all really cool. Like as as a as a as a full big screen Fire Emblem game. As a uh, you know the first one of those I've played since the one on the Wii since Radiant Dawn. Jeez. Uh, it is really cool to see this game in you know big bright colors, great character designs. The story <laughs> so far is excellent. I like really love what they're doing. I think that there is a it is a really sinister story. It is a story mm. in which you are part of a very powerful structure. You are you are enforcing the the like the will of the most powerful church in the world. Oof. And it is clear some shit is up. 
Okay. Believe it or not. That's uh, and I'm saying yeah. this from the jump. This yeah. is like, hmm, huh, okay, is there some shit going on? Okay, I don't know what that shit is yet. Right. But it, but it's playing in that sense of mystery. It's playing in, like, it, it, it really does, you know, I, I'm not a big Harry Potter person. You know this about mm-hmm. me. But the stuff that I... The stuff that I know, one of the things I know people like about Harry Potter, one of the things that even I felt was compelling when I watched those movies, was that sense of, here are some students trying to put together a mystery that's bigger than them by, like, poking through the weird alcoves of this school, Uh digging into the history, you know, learning things that no one was supposed to know. And this game, or at least the the Golden Deer story that I've played so far, hits that stuff really, really well, on top of hitting the, like, weird politicking, the, like, class rivalry stuff. All of that has been so good so far. Um, there are characters I fucking hate. Get what? the fuck out of here, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> what if, because there is a clear distinction between uh, Fire Emblem pre-awakening yeah. and Fire Emblem post-awakening. Yes. Um, in which, like, post-awakening, there is a much deeper emphasis on, uh, like, characters, horniness, relationships, and the introduction of things like casual mode, and while permadeath still exists, there, you know, I think a lot, maybe, I'm spitballing, the majority <sighs> seems, the majority of people I know, I'll, I'll say specifically, tend to play it on casual mode where there is no permadeath. Right. Um, if you're listening to what you're saying about the battle stuff, it's like, I love, sure, that sounds great, but all that stuff at the school... Skip Dang, it. that Skip sounds it. tedious There's and a boring. For how, all of it. That, how how does that work? You, yeah. I, so I haven't fucked around with it because I don't want to skip. Oh, okay, I fucked around with it once by mistake because I was like, uh, I don't. Know, I think I just hit. I I was trying to like change the subtitles or something like that. So I tried to go into a pause menu, but there isn't a pause menu in the middle of a cutscene, obviously, <laughs> or in the middle of a dialogue. Right. I thought there would be, and instead I buttoned through it, and I was like, all right, you're at the end of the, you're at that week goes by. Now I I don't know if it's will just automatically do what it thinks is the best growth pattern for every character, mm. complete the right quest. Like, I don't know that stuff. I have not, mm. I, I have another save. I should just jump back to that save and see how that goes. Right. Um, but that stuff is so good that I don't want to waste my time. Like, yeah, like it's so good and there's the so part. much of it <laughs> that so I haven't been like, all right, for this next month, I'll just skip all the store. I'll skip all the optional stuff. No, um, I know you're not going to do that. I'm just, I, I, I know that, like, this is not the historical legacy of, like, Fire Emblem. Totally. And while this game definitely seems like very much uh, what Awakening started, this game is, like, finding the logical conclusion of, and yes. it's probably more, more indicative persona, of the future. More, the personification of Fire but Emblem But also the Final Fantasy like, tactics, tactics-ification is a thing I'll underscore. Mm-hmm. Because characters don't just level up to one specific class. There's a lot of, okay... I'm going to make them a, Mermid- a Myrmidon for five levels so they can get those bonuses. Then I'm going to move them over to becoming a monk yeah. so that I can still use swords and they'll have high agility so they can dodge better. There's that exact type of Final Fantasy tactics like I'm building hybrid classes. Hybrid classes. You, you end up with way more skills, passive and active, than you can use at a given time. And so you're slotting in your favorite combinations of those. So like right now I have a character who you know is doesn't use axes at all, but is sitting on a pretty good axe skill. When I eventually move them mm. back in that direction, I'll re-slot that axe skill in. Yeah. Maybe I'll, And in fact, maybe I'll be able to slot in some stuff that helps them you know, uh, resist magic damage more because that's a normal weakness for that class type. That stuff is really cool. And it because the characters are so bold and so clear, it's like there they are. That is who this person is. Mm-hmm. It really does have that sense of like these are 
the, it's a it's a systems driven game, sort of like something like XCOM, where you feel like the characters have personalities, except yeah. they, actually they actually do. do right? They actually do, which is pretty rad. So that's my initial thoughts. We'll wrap back around in a couple weeks. I'm going to try to finish one campaign if I yeah. can. Uh, I'm on vacation this week, as yeah. you know, and so I'm going to just pour time into this game. When, when does it come out again? Right, because Mar- 26. Marvel's 26. out next week, and then the next week is Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll check back in then. On that note, I'm going to go back to sleeping in in Toronto, <laughs> where I am right now. Have, have a good week, everybody. I will be back for Ava. <laughs> I'll do my best. We're talking about some fucking wild Ava episodes. Yeah. So I'll be back later this week. Uh, we should take a break. And when we come back, someone else will be hosting this podcast. Me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Bye. <laughs> When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. God, do I even have to do an intro for this? This is the intro. I'm going to walk myself through. No, because Austin did one, right? He already said the episode title. Uh-huh. This, welcome to part two of welcome, this welcome back podcast. from the break. Part two. <laughs> welcome back. That's right. There was a break. Right Austin, after Bastille Kato Day. Kato and I talked about. Mm-hmm, yeah, we took a break from Bastille <laughs> Day, um, and uh, you heard the three of us talking about Fire Emblem. And that made me just want to get Fire Emblem, but I can't because it's not out yet. Um, we're returning yeah. for a part two. Uh, yeah, I know, Kato. It's, it's like <laughs> two weeks away. But two we'll weeks. Get there. Um, God damn it. I, right? It's because they goes games coming on Fridays now, don't they? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> uh, if I just uh, thirst beg on Twitter enough, maybe t- Nintendo will send me one. I did that on Friday. I didn't. Get, I did nothing. It was nothing came of it. Nothing came of it. I did not get a code in my email. Uh, I am uh, joined uh, on this Monday uh, by Akato again, uh, by uh, Sarab, uh, and uh, <laughs> also Danielle. Hi. You know why not? Sir Rob. Why can't he be a Sarab? Sure. Rob, have you ever been called a Sir Rob? Uh, Only in the context of, like, bad role-playing sessions. (laughs) (laughs) Bad. Good. You know, when you're starting out, you're like, I guess this is, like, a knightly, sure, I'll be Sir Rob. That's fine. That sounds like like some feudal shit. Yeah. How did it turn out for Sir Rob? Uh, Sir Rob decided he didn't like... Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition all that much and was ready to move on. <laughs> um, so, like, mo- like really, I got way more into Third Edition and and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, Sir Rob was sort of sacrificed on the altar of Gary Gygax's uh, medieval combat simulation design, and <laughs> then I discovered my true passion was drama and role playing. Good, I think Good. Austin you know, appreciate what I'm putting down here. I think so. <laughs> Just, you know, Kato sent this excerpt to Austin, so the audience will will find itself. But Rob, okay, I...
I know uh, you got to gain. You don't um, get excited. You get excited. You're passionate, but to emote in text form is does not necessarily happen all that often. And you were very excited when you got a code for this game, Night Call, which Danielle is also very excited about. Extremely. But I don't know anything about this game. I've I've zero. I don't. What is Night Call? Why are you excited? Or I guess maybe did you play it and you're no longer excited? Hopefully that's not the case. I played it and I'm slightly less excited. I'll say that. Ah. Okay, um, but. <laughs> It's because it's because there are things about interactive fiction and visual novels that that wear on me. So that's that's probably the thing that is putting me off a little bit. Is this is a an example of a type of game that I'm generally not into, and I'm running into some of the typical problems I have there. But Night Call, we talked about this a little bit at PAX East, uh, which is where I last saw this game. It is from uh, Pair Developers, Monkey Moon, Black Muffin. It is a sort of noir mystery where you play a Parisian cab driver who has been kind of bullied and intimidated by a somewhat corrupt-seeming French cop into working as a underworld informant uh, slash private detective trying to solve a series of crimes that have been happening in Paris. And the way you go about doing that is you drive your cab, you pick up people in the city, you gather gossip that's out there on the streets. And then occasionally you also go and meet actual informants and try to get stuff that's more immediately germane to the case rather than just picking up a lot of fares and hoping something turns up through gossip. It's a really cool game in a lot of ways. There's a lot of themes that come up that I really appreciate. Uh, For one thing, your character is of Algerian descent. And so you are at once, uh, you are at once an insider. You've sort of been a lifelong Parisian, but at the same time, you are a Muslim man in the wake of a series of uh, terror attacks. And so you are suddenly, uh, you are especially acutely aware of the fact that you are also other within the society. Uh, What I like a lot is that a lot of the story beats are really strong. A lot of the characters you end up meeting via your cab are interesting to talk to. Um, There is kind of the contrivance that once once you really become aware of it it starts to call attention to itself a lot basically everyone comes into your cab and immediately starts just laying out the deepest darkest shit they're working on (laughs) and i almost wish maybe you had to work for it a little harder i'll give you an example there is this one time you pick up this this cop who is leaving a night out with his uh, cop buddies. He's basically an undercover detective. He's calling it a night. He's heading home. And literally five minutes into the cab drive after some preliminaries. And I'm a little stand. You always have a lot of options about how you respond to people. Do you drive in silence? Uh, Do you argue with them? Do you, do you chat with them? You know, you just sort of read the situation and try to figure out what you think. Uh, people want to hear, but also what is maybe the right thing to say. Five minutes into this conversation, this guy you literally just met starts talking about, yeah, all my cop buddies, <laughs> they think I'm engaged to this woman in Strasbourg, but I'm gay. Aww. <laughs> 
And Whoa! Yeah. Okay, I and thought like maybe they're corrupt, you know, they're involved, like, left turn, Rob. Well, no, they're also <laughs> assholes, that's the other part of it. Sure. Yeah, and so he's and so he's basically in there being being like, yeah, I've been living this double life and lying to all my friends for years, and now I'm going to get called on it. But I'm super in love with my husband, and I want to introduce him to my friends. But I don't know how that's going to go over because all my cop friends are super homophobic, and I pre- pretend to be homophobic around them too because, of course, <laughs> oh, I have privilege no. and I can I can do that. And so, like, I'm I'm just sitting there driving, like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> like, is that so, is that are you is that are those your actual? You're just choosing uh huhs and letting him just hum along through his conversation, or like, like what? It, like, I in feel the like I could not go- stop this guy. Like, like there were. <laughs> there, I mean, like practically speaking, like from a gameplay perspective, are you like? Like, are you just choosing to be silent, like in in a, in, a, in a series of options, or is he just going on a long tangent from from there? Yeah, no. You so you will frequently get about th- two, three options, um, sometimes four, where you can just drive in silence. You can just offer a really non-committal response. Uh huh. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> or you can offer the sympathetic ear. Or you can. Give and so and some responses are labeled. So like the sympathetic or friendly response has a little smiley face by it. There's also like a little devil face if you want to be more of a dick or more of a jokester. And so you could, you know, you're driving there, you'd be like, I think you should just introduce your husband to your friends and just be like, surprise, <laughs> I'm gay. And you, like you can, what you, a jokester. Yeah, and so. But either way, this dude's just going to keep confiding in you and then be like, so what do you think I should do? (laughs) And you can give advice like, I think you should keep lying to your friends because it'll fuck up your job. And who cares? Like, just, you know, keep the two spheres separate. Or you can be like, I'll bet your cop friends will be super understanding. They sound cool. I'm sure the homophobia is just for jokes. Mm, or oh you can be like, I think you need to get a different job and different <laughs> okay. friends, which and was the option I alighted yeah. upon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was how like, did you, how did they respond? <laughs> he was like, oh, but I love being a cop. Oh, and no. I was like, do you? And I he was like, damn, energy. now that you mention that, I really don't. <laughs> and I was like, oh. yeah, I don't think I don't think being a cop is for you. And I don't think your friends are actually your friends. And he's like, damn, I think you're right. I'm going to tell my husband I'm quitting the force and I'm starting. (laughs) So like that is an extreme example. Yeah. Sometimes. And so it's really uneven. Sometimes you end up uh, getting some storylines that are really rushed that way. Right. Like I feel like that is an arc that probably could have been really satisfying if you see that guy like three times and only the third time or something does he start maybe talking about what he does and what his life actually is. Like Mm. he becomes a regular, but instead literally I meet him and he's like diving into, let me tell you about the institutional bigotry of the police force. (laughs) And then, uh, my struggles as a gay man who can pass as uh, straight. And at, on the other hand, sometimes you get more convincing interactions uh, you'll overhear a passenger arguing with her mom about 
just you get you you start getting the sense that it is just, you know her mom is always on her case, uh, always sort of writing her about stuff, and she finally starts to open up about uh, you know she doesn't her mom is pissed because she basically failed the bar exam, and the truth is she kind of tanked it. And she's she has no idea what to like her her entire relationship with her mom is based on her being a lifelong overachiever. And she has no idea. And basically, the only thing I could do in that conversation was just turn around and you can do this move a lot. And I was like, uh, we're going into a tunnel, miss. And she was like, thank you. And hangs <laughs> up on her mom. And so sometimes that's the right thing to do. You just get people out of situations. Uh, sometimes you keep your cab running, waiting if somebody's going to go to the confrontation. And if it goes bad, you can see how it goes. The weird thing, and this is the, this is the part where it begins to get frustrating. All the stuff is pretty cool the first time you see it. But this game has a lot of fail states. You have to turn a profit as a cabbie, and at the end of every night, you get your fees and your, uh, you know, the the company takes its cut. Mm. It's bad. Like <laughs> I am trying to pull fares the entire night. It doesn't. The economy doesn't really make sense. Like long haul trips don't seem to be that profitable, but short haul uh, don't also don't give you that much money. Um, and you only got a set number of, you only got a set amount of time each night. So you can fail. You can basically run out of money, go broke and be fired as a cabbie, which ends the game. Mm-hmm. That's happened mm-hmm. to me a couple times. And I've tried that different. Seems like, like that's happening too often, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially because, heard- well, so when you start over again, how many times are you going to start encountering the same a lot. stories? Like, so how, Okay, so then it is, my worry is, does it become a case of you're no longer role-playing, you are now optimizing to get through the night rather than experiencing a right. story. And there are three modes. There's basically story mode, there's normal mode, and then there's hardcore extreme cabbie edition or something <laughs> like that where you really have to be a good cabbie. True labor edition. Yeah. Cart life edition um, kind of thing. <laughs> very, I mean, this already feels like cart life. The sure. the The... the, the the, so I think the hard mode has got to be just like one of those uh, more didactic games where it's like, ah, the game is rigged against the little man and you just get like ruined again and again. Um, yeah, I so the problem that I'm having is a lot of these conversations are interesting and good. The first, like my first time through seeing all this, I was like, this is exceptional. I love that. I, I love this. I I'm really into a lot of the characters I'm meeting, even if they are a little bit hokey or a little too like um, uh, a little too much like caricatures in some ways. In general, I was really into it. The third time I'm going through and seeing some of these characters for the third time, I am just starting to speed through these conversations. And this is a problem where I often end up with uh, visual novel type games. A lot of them are built around this sort of repetition, experimentation, see how different things can play out. But the problem for me is that even if the writing was just top shelf all the way through, the third time you've seen the same conversation is probably a little stale. Mm. Not every conversation is at that quality level. And so there are... And it's also not... It doesn't sound like it's built like, hey, this is a game we want you to play 30 times. We want you to see the different permutations. It's more you're running through these... No, I maybe, think, I think maybe it ideally is. they want you to do it a couple of times, but it sounds like if you're going to beat this game, it's going to suddenly hit like 15 times. Except there's like that four point. different cases you can be solving. 
and they're different okay. campaigns basically. So there's like a mm. more straightforward serial killer. There's more of a like seven type serial killer on the loose. Uh, there's a lot of permutations here. There's a lot of it's a huge cast of characters, so they leave a lot on the sh- lot on the table. Their plots can go really different ways depending on how they branch. So to a degree, they do want you to see a bunch of the stuff again and again. Hmm. But and I like like. I, as I understand it, this kind of goes with the territory of a lot of visual novel games. And that's kind of what you sign up for. For me, I am halfway through the door of this. And there are parts of it I utterly adore. I love the style. When one of these conversations really catches you unexpectedly, it's, it's gorgeous and kind of haunting. Uh, it can also be weirdly funny at times. But then there's also the moments where it's the third time you've seen this dude who's like, damn, my my bigoted homophobic cop buddies uh, just love treating suspects like shit. And I've been lying to them for the last few years. What should I do? And at that point, I'm like, yeah, uh, stop being a cop. Can we get a move on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it's interesting because oh, go, go ahead, Danielle. I, don't know, I was just going to say it, it does sound like. Uh, not not just with the structure of a visual novel, but that there's a problem here with like the heightened drama to some extent of like like a video game writing problem, right? Where it's like everything has to be this like life or death decision. Maybe not necessarily life or death, but like a really dramatic decision that's important in like one of these people's lives. Unless there are more mundane conversations as well. I don't know if it's like there's a good balance there or because I've had those conversations. There are with strangers like I. I this is a thing that happens on my ambulance a lot. Like people who are having a bad day will tell you their entire life and like sob and tell you, you know, I've had people come out to me, like 65 year old ladies, like come out to me and be like, oh, I don't know what to do. So it's like a thing that does happen. But, you know, one out of every hundred is like that rather than, you know. I yeah. And I think the more mundane ones probably don't they aren't as fresh in mind because they're less sure, dramatic, sure. but they're in yeah. many ways, they're more satisfying. They're, they don't, they don't stand out for being, uh, too, you know, exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. That but I think this, this game also has a slight problem in that. So this game sort of wears its progressive politics on its sleeve, but it also feels like it therefore has to provide immediate commentary and everything you meet that sort of totally. frames it. And here's the thing. I know we have written and I have seen criticism and I've written it myself that asks for this exact thing. You can't introduce sort of a toxic character uh, without also having something in the text that calls attention to it. You can't let these things pass unremarked upon in the context of this game, in the way it is executed, the attempts to sort of satisfy that create a lot of really stilted dialogue and a lot of interactions that no longer read true. And so I think that's the, I think that is maybe the other issue that's uh, hounding this game a little bit is either it's a lack of self-confidence or a lack of trust in the audience to know what is being portrayed without there being a textual gloss on it immediately, right? So, for instance, uh, you meet, like, a pickup artist at one point, and you're driving him to uh, Charles de Gaulle, where he's telling you his whole method is to pick up uh, basically single moms at the airport. His, yeah, and he's a dirtbag. Yeah. 
but there are a lot of things. The thing is, there is no version. There is no way to portray this character that does not make him seem like a little bit of a dirtbag. <laughs> right. But every but there's a lot of comments in the game that are you just have to tell this guy he's a dirtbag. This guy's going to really declare he's a dirtbag, and then most of your responses will push in that direction as well. Um, and it's like modeling behavior, like ideal behavior, like call out the dirtbag. That's the right thing to do kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you can also let it pass. Uh, like It does give you the option. I didn't, I didn't push it that far. I went with sort of a middling option where I just kept my eyes on the road for like three beats. And then as he's getting out, he's like, so really, no, what do you think of my method? And I was like, <laughs> dude, you fucking suck. You're a misogynist <laughs> who's terrified of women. And uh, honestly, like, I don't understand why a guy like you has to be such an asshole. And that's kind of where the conversation ends up. But this is sort of, this is sort of mirrored across the text in a lot of places where immediately like like with the cop uh immediately he has to call attention to the fact that he is in a privileged position that he can sort of uh basically get around his colleagues bigotry and sort of figure out a way to get along with them and be one of them uh without taking too much shit but in the context of that it's we're already setting up one dilemma, which is that this guy is basically part of a shitty crew of undercover cops uh, who has been lying to them for years about who he is. And then also on top of that, he's like, but I also need to demonstrate an awareness of privilege here. And let's discuss that concept. And in that, in when you begin piling all of that together in these already overladen conversations, there's a didactic quality to a lot of the text that begins to what, what was already going to be a tough writing assignment of making this all feel natural begins to snap. Yeah. Uh, I had a question about yeah. um, the structure and how you're saying that it's uh, there's a lot of yeah. you, you, you meet failure a lot of times, it seems. Um, yeah. uh, I was reminded of Papers, Please, when you were mentioning that, that the way that that game was hard and you could never like there were like a million different endings that mostly ended in failure and that was kind of the point but like it seems like this one the failure doesn't seem as much like in, it doesn't seem to be playing with um failure the same way that papers please did for example where like those endings were meant to make you like really understand the like idea of being in this precarious situation uh where you know like one wrong move and like you're destitute um, this, does this not, it, it feels like this might be trying for the same thing, but maybe not, uh, it's not landing for you. Um, so I think it's, I think it is trying to call attention to some of that. Like there is, mm -hmm. there are conversations. One of the things that comes up a lot is your cab driver in an age of Lyft and Uber. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that does come up. You are already, uh, in addition to those themes of you kind of being othered within your society, in terms of your profession, you were also perhaps increasingly a relic, a man out of time. Right. Um, people expect different things. So there, there is an attempt to comment here about uh, precarity and mm. uh, working class jobs and the way their context has changed. 
but at the same time, it also wants to be an exciting whodunit mystery as you sort of journey the night and like become right. one with uh, with with Paris and and sort of smoke out this serial killer. And those two missions, they didn't. It does not feel like they've completely resolved the tension. Now they also, I think, sent emails along. They're 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 still patching this, and okay. from what it looks like, some of the patches have been about balancing some of this some of the economic model here, no, but the, they haven't fully found the balance between this whodunit and this uh, text about economic precarity. Right. And so it's a little bit like Miss Marple keeps getting evicted halfway through the story oh. and shut down. And that's just mm-hmm. like, that's yeah. basically how like the fail state reads and it sucks because you might be really into this mystery and it just feels like because you didn't successfully pick this weird lock that's on the game, you don't get to see it through to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because there's things you can do that really screw you. Like sometimes you meet an informant who has really good information, but they're charging hundreds of euros uh, for that information. Another- if you spend that, you're basically like busted. Uh, another quick question, like the way that you come up upon these different um, repeating stories, is it always in the same order or does that is that random? No. So I, I should actually I should step back and give a little bit more of the structure here. Uh, mm. So you have a sort of abstracted map of Paris. Mm. Uh, it's very much a almost like you're looking at it through a noir um Ways interface. You got the little nice. arrow pointing where where you're at, and on the map, little like snapshots of your possible fares appear. Mm-hmm. And as you meet people, those snapshots go from sort of anonymized snapshots of just silhouettes to showing, oh, it's it's Hervé. Uh, I know I know him. He's a piece of shit, but he's useful. And so you go pick him up, and you know he's not going to pay much, but he probably has good gossip. So that is how you get through. And then you develop a sense of where you encounter these people. You know roughly where they'll be going. So you can guess about what their fare is worth as you're driving around. Hmm. Uh, you also have to make sure the car is gassed up. And so, you know, you have to think about when you've dropped off a fare, if you're near a gas station, if you have money, this might be a good time to do it because it doesn't cost you much time or gas to get to the gas station at the end of your shift, you go back to your apartment and you've got your little, uh, murder board, you know, with all the pictures (laughs) and files and the string and all that you arrange it. You look at case information, but you've only got X amount of time before you have to sleep. And so Mm -hmm. depending, like you have to think about what evidence is going to be the most rewarding, uh, and give you the most leads that you can study, uh, during your time off before you go to bed. I also think there might be an exhaustion mechanic. I'm not sure, but like I kept basically running the batteries down and I'm pretty sure I started having hallucinations, but I'm not sure this could be a game of magical realism (laughs) or it could be that this could be a game of magical realism (laughs) or maybe that cat wasn't real. Huh? Maybe that cat wasn't real. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It can't, like I had a cat. It wanted to go to a train station. Okay. Oh, it talked. It spoke. How to did you. you know? How did you know? Did it have a note? Or, it didn't uh... talk. It had a note, <laughs> but it also had what appeared to be really high comprehension. Yeah. Sick. And I'm All not right. sure if that, like, right. is that cat you know, real. I don't know. Cats can be trained. <laughs> yeah. So you chose. 
you chose to talk to the cat, basically? Well, more the cat got in, and there was a note <laughs> in its collar. Right. And it was... Then what did you do in that car? What are your dialogue options? Well, I was asking for... I was, was like, so, guard to last? All right. And I drove the cat to the train station. <laughs> and while we're going... Rob, why didn't you open with this part? <laughs> I think you have to... Most of the time, you're talking about people who are like just unloading heavy shit. But occasionally, it's like you got a little black cat in the back oh, of your car. Good. And okay. you're like, so why are you going to the train station? And it sort of meows at you, and you have to interpret <laughs> what that meow might mean. Uh, it appeared to me the cat was running away from an owner that wanted a dog and <laughs> felt the cat was not being affectionate enough, and the cat felt like it was being overhandled. So, I, you know, we it's had a, a good conversation. Like, I basically. Yeah, I basically told the cat, like, look, sometimes uh, expectations are just mismatched, and it's just not right. And uh, I bid the cat goodnight, and it ran off into the train station. I think it was real, but I am slightly less convinced about that, because later that night, I ran into a drunk Santa. Okay. Ah, that well, that's just San Francisco. Yeah, well, yeah. I was, yeah, no, was like, I was like is this sort of a... Is this a yeah, it was like, is this a SantaCon situation? Or like, is this Santa? <laughs> Santa, are you real? <laughs> yeah, so like there's some there's some weird stuff that goes on in this game. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in this game. Uh-huh. Again, we just unlo- Did we just unlock something in your brain? <laughs> Please, continue. There might also be a 12 Monkeys situation happening in the background of this game. I don't uh, know what's real. <laughs> okay. You just sold me, okay. by the yeah. way. I was on the fence. Yeah, see, here's the <laughs> you problem. You sold me. I had, like, I have my, like, I am being dead serious. I find a lot of the structure of this game kind of frustrating and grating. Can I'm you just also play in a story still, mode? I'm, I'm about to bump it down because I just want to okay. get started. I just want to start having these conversations and yeah. uh, guiding people toward the light. Um, but or, or cats or the cat, yeah. Are cats are people in this universe. I don't know. Yeah, so cats uh, are people too. Yeah, the the character art's really good. The, the uh, music's really good, and it's just for all my reservations about it. There's a lot of really cool, memorable stuff, and occasionally when the writing really works well, it does fall into that really beautiful rhythm of. I don't know, like, you know how, like, when you're hanging out with a friend, like, late at night in a bar or something, and it's just, like, you're kind of in the bizarro world where the cares of the day have gone away, and it's just, like, everything can be real now, and it's just that. This game conjures that pretty well, and that's why I kind of keep coming back. It's even better than the mysteries. When these systems work really well, when these conversations uh, really land, it's pretty cool, despite the fact that there's a lot of backtracking and repetition. I'm very interested. All right. Well, Night Call, yeah. is, that out? is that out now? What is it's the, what's out the deal? It's out this week. Uh, so it okay. comes out uh, basically Wednesday. Uh, I presume that's only on PC at the moment. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice. uh, it's funny. You So you mentioned um, maybe bumping that game down to story mode. I'll, I'll just uh, briefly touch on the only real game I had a chance to, to play this weekend, which is that I've been putzing through uh, SteamWorld Quest, the... Uh, 
uh, sort of like a card-based uh, RPG from developers of SteamWorld Dig and a, and a bunch of other SteamWorld uh, uh, titles. Um, this has kind of been like, for me, like baby's first like card game where you're making decks and like uh, creating strategies out of that. And it does a really good job, um, as I've said in the past, about setting that stuff up and like really giving me a mental model for, I think, jumping on to Slay the, Spy- Slay the, the Spire, um, which I also have downloaded on my Switch. Yeah. Um, but I was... Uh, I think it was when I came back from, I spent I was pushing through the last half of the game, 83, and I'm I'm just cruising through, I'm hitting some obstacles, but like I'm figuring it out, and then I got to, was clearly like the last round of battles, there's like a, a, a section where you face shadow versions of the people in your party, and just like hit a complete wall, and, and not mm. just like, oh, gotta get in there, do some tweaks, like I, I'm walking in, like I'm, I've done the battle a dozen times, I've changed up my card decks. I've changed characters. It I've can't changed be done with what you got. And well, so I start to wonder. I was like, "Is this a? Uh, I've hit a, a, a mental wall in terms of like, oh, like I just don't quite comprehend how to like shift my decks." So then I went online, looked at some guides. It was like, "Oh, here's how to like kind of approach those battles." Did to the best of my approximation because this game, you both have to craft cards, and then there are cards hidden in treasure chests throughout the world and so like one of the guides i found at ign which is very useful except like half the cards for half the characters i just never stumbled upon throughout the game <laughs> oh, like, oh, that's frustrating yeah. um now granted that they're not saying that's the only way to do it it's just their ideal for the guide they came up with so right. that's not ign's fault that's i feel like more of a fault of of the game being uh look if you miss it in chapter one at some point just let me craft the thing um or something like that. But, um, so I tried that. I tried to the best of my ability. I, I was able to make like 80% of like the deck across the characters it recommended. It still was not making a dent. And so specifically the reason is because you're playing mirror versions, you have what was causing so much trouble was a character that was constantly healing all of the, the enemies, like each turn, just healing, healing, healing. And then all the, 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 the magic user also has a, a magic barrier spell, which basically gives you a shield that functions as, uh, on top of health. And so, despite the fact that I'd be doing a ton of damage, like, just immediately after one turn, they would just, like, negate everything I just did. And so then I, like, I just put on Twitter, like, kind of a frustrated tweet with an image. It was like, I'm stuck at this battle. If people have any recommendations, I'm thinking about giving up. And the two recommendations I got were primarily, oh, go to the arena and grind, and, or B, like, go and find these cards. They'll help you. Uh, and I was like, okay. That's not like that's not the people's fault. That's but that's not the answer I'm looking for. Is like go spend four hours like getting just the numbers higher. Right. Um, but it did reveal to me that oh okay, so it's not that like I have a fundamental misunderstanding. I just can't do enough damage for this battle to like feel at parity. So I sucked it up. Like the game is is thankfully very generous with uh, difficulty switching. You can just go right into the options menu, mm. switch it to easy. It changes all the values and. Then I fought that fight, which was still hard, but felt like the fight I thought it should be in which we were like kind of on more even ground. Got through that and then just realized, oh, all the other fights are going to be this way. Kept it on easy and just like enjoyed myself for two hours where the battles were easier than I wanted them to be. But to set it to normal would have made them harder than I wanted to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, that's fine. You know what? I I feel like I've gotten what I wanted out of this game. I have learned how to like play a deck builder, like a basic one. And so now I just want to see it to the end so I can checkbox it because I have a 
real weird thing where I, I, I get uh, so deeply annoyed if I don't finish a thing. So like, uh-huh. even though I can say to myself, I've made it nine tenths to this game. I feel satisfied. I will sit, stare at that switch and go, yeah, but you didn't finish it. Um, like it still bothers me that I, I got to the, the end of Sekiro. I'm just sitting at the final oh boss because I was exhausted. Yeah. I didn't want, I, I started on it for 20 minutes and went, this is four hours. I don't have the energy to do this. And actually, if I could turn this game down to an easy mode or bring in a co-op partner, I would. I just want to say I finished it. Mm-hmm. I just want like, I just want to be done with it. But for whatever reason, like I get really hung up on the actual finishing of things. Um, and so I haven't done that with Sekiro either. I think I was telling Kato in, in our Discord that I'm hoping, my thought is that they'll announce some DLC and then I'll just fire up a stream right. and then I'll just like hammer away at it and, and I'll figure it out. What, um, what boss are you on? But for, for the la- straight up final boss in Sekiro, like just the last. Okay, like, you, you, you know it's um, the last one for sure, right? Because there's a couple. Yeah, no, I know it's the last one. And it's, okay, okay. No, no, it's the it's the last it's the last last one with the you know three phases blah 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 and so gotcha. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah I hear <laughs> that I'll get there eventually but I yeah but needing you know an excuse to kind of do something and to have that sort of psychological barrier to just be like I just want to be done with this I just want the the sort of like satisfaction of seeing the end of something even if it's not the uh there's a catharsis to be like oh i beat i beat the thing and i don't i can't i can't like explain why i get so hung up on it like i feel the same way about all sorts of media Mm -hmm. like no one needed to watch all of prison break (laughs) you didn't that first season was actually really good the second one was okay wildly diminishing returns after that (laughs) but i had to see how it ended it's the same way i like to watch in an eight-part horror series and like that's great gotta see how they made eight of these because yep. that seems like that's not possible you just gotta get um, to the end I and i think it. it's like yeah well let me yeah, tell you I something like about, that is all tied up in i was just gonna say let me tell you something about say uh, slay the spire mm-hmm. oh it doesn't end it I never mean, ends <laughs> <laughs> i don't but I that's fine I haven't that's seen fine. the final so boss I, yet i've been playing uh, that game for a bit I, but but <laughs> But it has an arc, right? Like so that's also like yeah. if Spelunky, for example, was only daily runs where it just like like it has an arc. Well, even the dailies, you can beat the daily. Right. You can get to right. the end. Like you, there is like, and so that's like I played, you know, a hundred hours of Spelunky, and then I I was done. I felt satisfied when I got to the secret area of hell and I beat the the final boss, and I was like, cool. Like I feel like I have conquered what I want to conquer with right, Spelunky, right. and then I basically never went back to the game. And so I don't have a problem with. Uh, roguelikes but I do have a problem like I don't like high score based games they mm, mm-hmm. none of it interests me whatsoever like I don't like competing against myself like I want an end I'll, I'll do a high score in pursuit of like an arc where there's a conclusion but if it's purely just like do it till you die uh like that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me so yeah. um Steam Quest still very good um but yeah don't feel bad if you get to there's a you'll know it because people on Twitter very much uh felt my pain uh, about that specific <laughs> moment. If you get there, uh, just crank it down to easy. And uh, it's the, I love the fact that they let you just do it in mid game is, is a uh, really nice. Um, it is reflective of just the way those games are so player friendly. Um, so that's team world quest. And I still really liked it. And now I'm done with it and I can just return to 
hating myself in Mario Maker, which <laughs> at least you, Danielle, it sounds like you rather than hating yourself playing Mario Maker, <laughs> you you've been watching other people play yeah. Mario Maker, but maybe your streams have been more pleasant than the ones that I subject myself to. I mean, I watch a lot of uh, who you've actually written about recently. I I've been watching Grand Pooh Bear for like a year and a half now. Oh, he's so good. He's wonderful. He's also just a great streamer, like really pleasant, chill personality. Just, yeah. Enjoying himself, enjoying his community, playing the game, enjoying the game. Uh, but yeah, just been watching a lot of interesting levels. I, I, I The annoying thing is I can't think of one off the top of my head. There was a really cool level that was like very vertical and it was very cold. And Jake Rodkin tweeted about it. And I, I watched a bunch of streams that, that people were attempting that one. I'm just enjoying Mario Maker being a big deal again. I'm just enjoying that because I enjoyed that the first time. I haven't bought the game yet. I will. I plan on doing that and making a bunch of, of weird, wacky levels and just playing with the tool set. I don't necessarily make anything great mm -hmm. or, or like... I don't necessarily go in with some amazing. You and goal. you and most everybody else, Daniel. Right, so I know, I know. don't worry. You're in you're in great company. <laughs> I'm in great company. You know, I just want to play with the a lot of the on-off switch stuff. I want to play with like making a fun puzzle or, or at least something interesting or visually interesting. Uh, but yeah, I have just been. Uh, it's sort of the thing I have on in the background all day long has been Mario Maker Two streams and just like drinking it in, just drinking in the celebration of, like, weird creativity. It does, of course, become a celebration of, like, excruciating difficulty after a while, but it feels like right now, while the new game is still new, it's not all that. Obviously, like, Grand Pooh Bear is playing the, like, extremely hard levels, but some of the other streams are just like, let's see what we got, you know, treat it like a buffet of Mario levels, which is just fun for me to kind of drink in while I do whatever else I'm doing that day. Yeah, it's something I struggle with covering Mario Maker because I'll get pushback from people sometimes in which there has always been a uh, challenge in, with Mario Maker in which the thing that gets the most attention are those super hard Kaizo, yeah. the um, extremely difficult or uh, even ones that aren't necessarily uh, mechanically complex but are aesthetically nightmarish that are <laughs> and that alone will put you off to to wanting to play it and that's not. Nintendo's pitch, right? Yeah. Nintendo's pitch is like, wouldn't it be lovely to make pleasant, <laughs> delightful stages yeah. that your friends at Nintendo have made for decades? Um, yes. Which is, uh, but that, you know, it's it's the problem we run into with all sorts of things. Like, that's not what people want to click on. Right. Like, that's not what people want to watch. Um, and so there's a tension between, uh, uh, I think, something a lot of uh, the average players are interested in playing is more levels like that because Nintendo's not making levels for this. So it's like, how do I get the thing that's as close to what Nintendo does, but you know, people are making it. And it's that, that is both, uh, it, it points to something that I, you know, I've harped on for years about the series. That was, there was a, at the heart of my Mario Maker 2 review is Nintendo's failure to provide proper curation tools, yeah. um, in order to get, allow people to find what they want. And so they end up relying on things like streamers, um, because it's an exposure to other levels, but streamers tend to play levels that are not necessarily uh, a perfect on-ramp for <laughs> even someone who considers themselves pretty competent at, at Mario Maker. Like, it's why, I, I, you know, one of the things that Grand Pooh Bear is doing that I wrote about yeah. um, in a piece last week, which uh, is super cool, um, is that he has made a series of videos called Tech Talk, which he did for Mario Maker 1, in which he would walk you through how to do specific Kaizo tricks. So I imagine most people are familiar with Kaizo tricks if you're listening to this, but if you're not, so Kaizo comes from a, is a, uh, a term that comes from a certain package of levels in which uh, 
people used ROM hacks to make their own Mario levels. And often in those levels, you had to do, it relied on mechanics that are possible in the game that run the borderline between a glitch or an exploit and are certainly not canon by Nintendo in terms of things that Mario can do. And this is as basic as uh, using a shell to jump, where you grab a shell from a character, you bounce it off a wall, that shell becomes a platform, and you get to the other side. Now, that's not something that Nintendo ever asks you to do because the timing on that is ridiculous <laughs> and um, it's really hard to pull off. Uh, and so he made these levels, but or made these videos, and for Mario Maker 2, there are some tool sets where he was able to make uh, sort of like Kaizo 101 levels, where it's like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to shell jump. And so he used like the track tool, which is uh, normally what you would put like, you can attach en or enemies to, you can attach platforms to, and those will move along that track. So you can like guide someone through a level. But instead he used that as a drawing tool to create a, a box and leaves out one of the lines so that it, the box points in a direction. And that's telling you that's the direction to throw. And then used one of the on-off switches um, without an on-off switch. So it's just a blank um, square. And that's where the shell is supposed to be released. So now you understand, okay, if I jump up here into this box facing that direction, release the shell at the spot that the, 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 the little square is in place, then Mario will automatically hit that shell, jump up, and then he has a little congratulations sound effect that plays on the other side. Yeah. And he walks you through increasingly complicated versions of these techniques. And it's just really, it's really clever. It's a clever use of tools that Nintendo doesn't, probably doesn't even want you to do, um, <laughs> but is a huge part of what makes yeah. Mario Maker popular in um, the years after release. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a complicated question to answer because it comes up writing and, and covering the game. But it's it's it, you know that it, it is extremely popular even if it's not necessarily what the average person is going to sit and play with you know on their own switch yeah it it just feels like a obviously streamers are going through the same thing we are with getting people's attention and keeping people's attention right mm -hmm. and yeah of course he has that skill set he's able to do that but like a beginning streamer or beginning speedrunner beginning kaizo player is also going to be like okay how do i keep a community how do i keep people interested while I'm playing this, it's obviously a little easier right now while the game is new, but once it gets a little older, it does feel like that same thing is going to happen again, where it's like all people will want to talk about are those crazy nightmare gauntlets and, and just sort of the the strain and frustration of getting through that for thousands of hours until you get that moment of release. It's a really wild and interesting problem. Well, there's, there's even um, sort of like sub-layers to... So there's Kaizo levels that rely on these mechanics traditionally. And then uh, Panga, who is like probably the most yeah. uh, famous slash infamous uh, of the uh, Kaizo <laughs> creators. He didn't create the original Kaizo, um, but he has certainly become sort of like the popular face of it. It's definitely – he's even if you don't like these levels, it's worth a watch uh, or a follow on Twitter because he's always posting hilarious videos of the nightmares that he's creating. And he's still working so with the ROMs, has like, which is which is really interesting and cool, right? Like he's still working with the Yeah, he does stuff on his own tools. and then also does – Yeah. Which is yeah, and – and, um, but he, he – uh, I forget what he was calling them, but he – so there is a mode in Mario Maker 2 I think called Endless where it's just like – hey, you've got a set of lives, like, just survive as many levels as you can. And the only time you're going to encounter a Kaizo level, unless it's been categorized incorrectly, uh, is in Expert uh, or Super Expert. I forget exactly how the, the rankings go. And he wants, he specifically is trying to make, I forget the term, but it's like Endless Killers, which is he wants to make a level that if you encounter it in your Endless run, 
you're fucked. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to beat this level because it's the kind of level you're going to have to sit and spend an hour with, several hours with, a day with in order to crack, even if you already understand how Kaizo works. And so the, the notion that it's not just levels that are difficult, but that levels are being specifically made as endless killers to try and stop people from... Because it's like a popular way to stream or do videos of the game. It's like, let's see how long we can survive. And then Ponga's out there like, well, until you find my level. Uh, <laughs> and then, Let yeah, it's, you know, I, I can't here. have a laugh. <laughs> Basically, honestly, like it's, 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 I loaded up one of them because uh, I follow him on Mario Maker and I was just like, okay, I don't even know how to do the first jump. <laughs> well, I was like, I sort of see how it works, but I don't, yeah. I don't see how this first jump even functions. Um, so... Yeah, is are there, uh, any other than Grand Pooh Bear that you've been watching, or are you just kind of like flicking through Twitch popular uh, Mario Maker? Yeah, I flick through when Grand Pooh is not on. <laughs> I know he did like a twenty-four hour marathon recently, and I watched a huge chunk of that actually. Uh, and then yeah, it's whoever's playing it. I'm, I just want to see as many levels as possible. Like at this stage, with my own infatuation with Mario Maker Two, before I buy the game, it's just kind of seeing what's out there right. as much as possible. So it has been fun. Uh, to sort of consume the game in such a way, but I know it that will only take me so far until I need to actually go in and play with levels and make my own levels and get that satisfaction from it. Well, and hopefully at some point they'll add... Uh, so in Mario Maker 1, they had um, a website, uh, Super Mario Bookmarklet, I think it was what it was oh, yeah. called, um, in which you could... All the levels were uploaded, you know, could be accessed through a database online. So it's like, hey, here's a cool level click this link, log into your Nintendo Network account, and you just hit a button, and it got added to a queue on your on your Wii U. Mm. Yeah. You know, very Nintendo thing to just take away that extremely useful <laughs> functionality uh-huh. in which you could just send someone a link uh, instead of a, a, a level code. Now, the, the, thr- the running theory is in the community is that so when they added the level editor to uh, Smash, they added searching... Uh, and categorization to the Nintendo uh, network uh, app for iOS and Android. So the running theory is they'll add it there. That will still not be nearly as good because the part of the the joy of it being a website was that you could you didn't have to open an app. Like yeah. you could be anywhere and just see a screenshot, a level code, the description, comments that people have written. It was delightful. They got rid of it. So uh, that stinks. Yeah. Um, Anything else you've been playing, or or is it is it mostly just uh, watching uh, Mario Maker? Uh, watching a lot of Mario Maker, and I I did the thing where I got my partner obsessed with Into the Breach. Uh, so <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so now we're both like obsessively playing it. I'm I am close to sixteen hundred hours into that game, uh, and yeah, Vicky is now wow. like fully obsessed on her Switch, and she'll like just you know give me the Switch and be like, "What the fuck do I do here?" And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> Let me just give you some thoughts. Let me just give you a few, you know, pointers, a few tips here. So, yep. That's Cut to 45 minutes later. <laughs> and that's it. So just like figure it out from there, whatever you want to do. Exactly. I'm like, well, but of course, if you don't do that thing, you're fucked. So, you know, whatever you, whatever you think is right. Honey, whatever you think is right. Like, whatever, you know. And she's just like throwing it up. For me, it's like window. 45 minutes of like theory crafting. And then it's like I overlook something blatantly fucking obvious uh-huh. the moment it goes wrong. I'm like, oh, oh my shit, God. they could move that way too. <laughs> oh. Yep. Yeah, I forgot to mention, well, I didn't forget to mention because I didn't notice, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Especially when, like, 
uh, an enemy is blocking a path that you don't realize that you can, you know, move mm-hmm. through once that enemy's gone. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Just like, oh, right, I can move this over here once that's dead. <sighs> Shit. It's true. <laughs> it's true. My God, that game. <laughs> I should probably stop talking well, about good, it. Well, good luck, I guess. I feel like you've passed on a virus as opposed to helping someone. <laughs> I really but, did. Uh, you'll have to... <laughs> Like in a very advanced like, like you've space. used you've like you you used up into the breach and now you're just like gotta find someone else like someone else here you go <laughs> yeah there's a good vet luck in my with brain, that one actually right uh, it's very Eva you know the entry <laughs> plug has a vec in it and I'm running around and I'm like have you heard the good word <laughs> like please <laughs> it's me it's my life it's not hmm hmm uh, Caro uh, we've been talking uh, a decent amount about. Uh, I mentioned Slay the Spire. It, correct me if I'm wrong. Noah Prophet is an, another one of those types of games, right? Yeah. I, th- I want to say that you were mentioned in it before. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, another. It's a deck builder. It has actually a very similar map layout to Slay the Spire, where you like choose different paths. I feel like we talked. We talked about this on a previous podcast. They once, had a. Right? They had a beta. Maybe? Yeah, they had a beta where they allowed right. you to play like one. Uh, map essentially, but it didn't include a boss. It included a boss that was like. 10 levels too high for you just to be like, this is what the end game will look like and you're not ready for it, uh, which is rude. But now it, I have a preview code, code for it. I've been playing the, the what will be um, releasing in four days. Um, uh, in early access or? No, like uh, 1.0. As a 1.0. Yep, completely. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, this is, um, uh, I forget the developer's name, but it's the same small publisher that did Hypnospace, Outlaw, and um, not tonight. Uh, the the this uh, oh Dropsy the Clown. No no no. Um, I forget. It's like the Shark Bomb Studios is the developer, developer. and No More Robots. No More Robots. Is the publisher. That's who, who I was thinking of. Um, uh, this will be the fourth game they've published. Um, and it's very. Uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. Um. Uh, so if you've played Slay the Spire, or if you haven't played Slay the Spire, essentially, um, you start out with, you are, this is set in a kind of, um, they, they, they refer to it as dust punk, uh, and it's supposed to be, uh, set in the Indian subcontinent in an arid area in, like, the far future after an apocalyptic, uh, um, events called the crash happened. So this is um, post that, like, obviously there was a lot of technology. There's still technology um, that, like, is embedded in people. Uh, so it's hasn't been that far past the uh, the 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 crash, but people are still um, don't know how old technology used to work. That sort of situation. Um, and you are an operator, which means you have. Um, uh, different cybernetics that allow you to interface with machines in ways that most people can't. And mm. you start out by being contacted by a falling satellite. And it tells you of uh, the um, quasi-mystical uh, crypt that will lead you to some new form of enlightenment. And you... Um, immediately are uh, surrounded by other people who were kind of drawn to the falling satellite and they given that you can talk to the 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 the, the machine they um, they call you prophets and they begin following you and you're leading them towards said crypt 
Um, and the way that plays out basically is that you um, you have two decks in this game. One of them is your followers, that um, each card represents one of the followers that are in your caravan. And the other one is your leader cards, which is kind of actions that you yourself are taking, uh, if, if you want to um, extrapolate it that way. Um, and you move like uh, node to node. Um, each uh, node is like basically four days of travel. And for each day you travel, you spend two food and one hope. Which is basically just, you know, uh, different ways of, like, um, measuring how long you can be moving around uh, in this desert. Um, on each day, you have a small chance of an event happening. Uh, either you run into some people that you have to fight or um, you have these sort of uh, events with dialogue choices. Um, one cool thing that the game does is that depending on f what followers you have in your caravan, certain followers will be... Uh, part of certain factions and they'll give you different dialogue options or different um, options to uh, maneuver around these sort of small story moments. Um, but the way the fights play out is that this is um, it's a deck builder. So it's a, a card game where uh, it has this positional, basically um, the, the board is made up of two sides, your side and the enemy side. And each side consists of um, a varying number of rows and columns where you can play cards. Um, so you play your followers onto your side, and they have you know attackness and uh, attack an attack and defense number. Um, and you know whenever they get uh, hit and they lose that defense number, you know they die or whatever. Um, when a card dies, it basically sustains a wound. Like, that person is wounded, and if they die again, they die right. for good. So, um, like, it, it, it's 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 a, um, in a way that other deck builders tend not to. It, like, really it personifies these 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 uh, characters that you're using for battle as, pe as people that, you know, you're trying to protect and you're trying to uh, keep with you, um, especially because later on, um, the bigger your caravan is, you get different interactions. Um, with uh, other factions and things like that. Um, and it's um, it's hard. It's really interesting. Like, so far, I really enjoyed the writing and all the different um, ways that the factions uh, can interact. Um, there's, the, there's one thing that gives me pause that I haven't really seen the end of yet, though, is this one faction called the Union, which... Um, is a faction of like ex miners basically, but uh, so it's strange because you can recruit just about anyone um into your caravan through different means. Sometimes there's a a, a node where you stop and you basically spend the currency, which is batteries, uh, to recruit people. Um, you kind of pay them like mercenaries a one time fee and they join you. Um, and it. Those people can be basically of any faction, but when you encounter factions in the in the world, they're almost always, or I haven't actually, yeah, they're all so far, and I've only made it like through two of like you need four maps to reach the crypt, and I've the farthest I made it is two so far because it's difficult. <laughs> um, That's fair. <laughs> uh, so far, all of the unions have always been antagonistic. Like whenever you meet one of the union, uh, one of the sorry, one of the factions on the world, um, they're always uh, your enemies. Um, and the particular thing about the union is that it's presented as as a union, as a workers' union, but like gone too far and like 
uh, willing to kill people who think differently than them, which is a very straight right. Exactly. Like, it's this thing mm. where like, but you can still have union people on your thing, and they're like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it weirdly paints the union in this really negative brush, which like widely, but then you're still, it's it's the the way that they like. Um, have these factions that you can also like have people from those factions in your caravan. It doesn't. Uh, it's not super uh, smooth, but like, um, it only comes right. up a few times. Um, that that one particularly was like, oh, weird. They're like this. This faction is uh, is a uh, literally the word like thought crime came up. Like they're like they were oh executing some people for having <laughs> different thoughts than them. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, they're called the Union and they're all ex-minors? What is happening here? Just be Borg. Just make them Borg. Or, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm really, really enjoying the rest of this game. Um, uh, one big thing is that unlike Slay the Spire, for example, where once you move to a node, you're always moving forward. Um, in this mm-hmm. game, you can actually make the decision to backtrack um, because there's a lot of branching paths and like sometimes depending on how much food and hope I have um you um you'll want to uh I'll see that there's like a camp which is the only places that you can heal basically and I won't need it I'll pass it by I'll end up in a few fights and be like you know what actually I'm gonna go back it's worth the food and hope I have I'm good on food and hope I can make the trip I can spend those resources to get there move back and then heal up and then keep heading the right way uh, which is a so you're spending like uh, resources to move nodes but you don't actually like get into another other fights on the way back it's just a matter of can you spend the extra food and hope to get there and then come back to where you yeah exactly as long as you've already traveled that road um if you like backtrack and then travel down a different path like every time you you're going over uh, a path for the first time there can be random encounters and things like that sure um uh on top of that there's also equipment that you can equip to your leader um so and the there's also different leaders that you can unlock that each have different decks um, and different caravans that you can unlock that also are different decks. Um, so there's um, a lot of lot there. I mean, it's roguelike as well. So like each time you um, go through, you're unlocking upgrades for the caravan that you use, the like followers deck that you're using. Um, what is it like? Are there like stat like across the board stat upgrades? Are these like access to new resources cards? Like what what exactly do you unlock um, or run? It's like. Um, usually resources like uh you get more starting food or sometimes it'll be like an ability like you get an extra card at the beginning of your turn mm. like in your hand right mm. like, um it depends on what uh care like there's a bunch of them and it depends on what caravan and they're actually kind of um uh it, it takes a while like i've played with the like starting caravan for probably four hours and i still haven't unlocked the first one because it's like get 50 wins with this uh 50 like fight wins which like there's plenty of fights like in one like run i'll probably do like 15 so like i'm almost unlocking that first uh, uh perk but you know it's it's definitely meant to be replayed a lot and um so far i've only run into a few like and like it's, it's still pretty early so 
I've but I've run into a few of like, oh, this is this is the same dialogue box as before. Mm. But it hasn't happened enough to where mm-hmm. like it's been super noticeable, which is good. Um Where would you sort of uh it, it like I play Same World Quest, so you know, like uh-huh. that's kind of like my first entry into one of these. Like this one seems you've played a lot of these. You've played a lot of hours of these, yeah. and even you're saying this one feels pretty difficult. Like where yeah. would you like caution? Like where where do you like rank? Like hey, th- th- you're jumping off the deep end by because you know some of the stuff like the dialogue. You know that that is potentially interesting. The folks that are interested in story, right. you know, based stuff and seeing that introduced in a roguelike is is potentially interesting. But I'm also getting like vibes from you that it's like, yo, <laughs> like this might not be the one. Like, it, de- like definitely don't <laughs> jump from quest to this if you haven't played Slay the Spire. Like, where 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 does it kind of fall in terms of how you'd recommend it to? People? I think it's definitely that where like Slay the Spire. It feels like you're dealing with less things in Slay the Spire. It's your deck. And, you, you know, getting new cards, getting less cards, you know, something there's potions and relics and all that. But, like, y- in this game, you have to deal with the extra resource of traveling and, like, the idea of your people. Like, the fact that you can lose cards or people and followers if they die too many times is a big deal. Like, um, mm-hmm. like not only – and, like, also um, like in Slay the Spire, you have a health pool that is uh, – only healable at certain areas so like you're maintain you're you're not only maintaining your own health but also the health of uh the people that are in your caravan so yeah, it's so like your, your deck is not reliable like your right. deck can ch- it's not just that oh you're adding things and switching things out based on like it's like you may be literally like your best card or like your strategy for the last hour poof vanishes yep. because yep something goes wrong. Yes, exactly that. Which is intellectually interesting, but also sounds like that could be really <laughs> right, frustrating. Right, Like, it, it's definitely, like, if if you're looking for your first deck builder and you in, you already enjoy things like Magic the Gathering, I could say you could probably hop into Slay the Spire and do that for a bit before trying this out. There is an easy mode that I haven't tried out yet. Um, I've been playing just on normal. Um, so there are options, mm-hmm. but... Um, that's just like the extra like it gives me a lot of um really good like um like when i played uh, 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 uh battle tech like all of the in between interstitial like uh like uh moments with your crew and things like that is kind of the the style of stuff that happens in between battles which is really great um but then like the added yeah it's it's got that added layer of having to deal with resources as you travel like trying to figure out when when you're going to get food like oh there's a food note over there maybe we can make it sometimes you can get lucky and you'll get food as a reward after a fight but if people when you run out of food your people in your caravan start to get wounds right like they start they start getting hurt and then that means that they're not as useful or as safe to use in battle um i will say um it feels like uh, early on, the AI makes decisions that feel a little bit like, okay, that was a freebie. Um, <laughs> so basically, in this grid, I haven't explained this super well, but this grid is like super important where like if you have a card in the front row and a card in the middle row and in the same in the middle column in the same row, that front one can attack, but that second one can't do anything. And it has to, it would have to take an action to move in order to get into attacking position that takes up its turn. Um, there are also certain followers that have taunt, which means that 
they have to be taken out before anything else on the enemy side can attack anything else on your side. So there's a lot of weird positional things that are new to this uh, genre that I haven't seen before that um, make for really inter- a, a really interesting wrinkle in your average deck builder. But again, it's just like um, they've added so many things that for someone like me who's played a ton of Slay the Spire, um, I'm really enjoying the, the added uh, like systems to, to play with, but it might be overwhelming for someone uh, hopping into the first deck builder. So it's like a little bit of tactics on top there. Yeah, for sure. It's, cool. it's It's yeah. really cool. It's nice. like... Um, there's also like uh, sometimes there'll be obstacles like in in the grid, so like you can purposely there's certain oh, cool. units that are snipers that you can hide behind. Like there'll be like a mountain that you can put them behind, and like the enemy can also attack the mountain to try to destroy it to get at your like. There's all sorts of really interesting positional things that you can do in there. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and there's also the- I'll be curious what you and um. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just like one last thing is like the the second operator that you uh, um uh, unlock. Uh, the the echo has these really cool a lot of uh, pushing and pulling movements which is really great like it it's so far has been my favorite and it really brings out like what is interesting and special about this uh, grid based uh, positional uh, tactics stuff they're doing nice uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you had a chance to play it yet, but I'm gonna be curious what you and Austin make of uh, the early access part of uh, was it uh, Grifflands just went up on the Epic Game oh, Store, really? like the Clay Entertainment. Interesting. Yeah, um, I gotta play that too. Uh, it's which is I don't know. It's sort of like described as like Slay the Spire, but where like the characters that live and die like feed into the story, and yeah. like so the consequences of your like individual battles like influence the narrative in ways that sound like they could be really fucking cool so cool, i'm pretty yeah. sure that just uh uh went up and relaxed so i'll be curious to hear what uh the two of you uh make of that and as we head to a close rob you may you noted this in the document so i'll ask <laughs> uh, I, i'll take the bait why are you why are you playing arkham knight there's not like <laughs> you were excited for that joker movie oh <laughs> Those, yeah you gotta get like <laughs> I mean, does one need a reason? Because he's Sir Rob. No, I, I'm... Knight. I suppose. Arkham, Arkham Knight. Yeah, that does tie yeah. together. Uh-huh. No, I mean, it, it was, so it's in... It was on Game Pass. Uh, uh-huh. and oh, okay, that's I a good one. Did, that's a good reason. Yeah. I never did play that game uh, because... Uh, really? Yeah, so I, I never played it because... I hated Arkham City. Like, oh. like to my way of thinking, Arkham Asylum was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, And then they had the terrible idea of we can make this into more of an open world game, even though none of our systems are built to support that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so Arkham city became like, what if all the concentrated goodness of Arkham Asylum was spread out over uh, really kind of a cliche vision of Gotham and Arkham Knight always struck me as the end point of that. uh, It's version of Gotham seemed the most, uh, Joel Schumacher esque in in oh, yeah. some ways, like just really slathering on the uh, not quite not quite the neon, but but, the, but not with the goofiness, right? Like right. so, it still has the gritty, dark, like, tone, up. which is fine. Like I, I like the tone of the of the Arkham games. Like it's it's cartoonish in a very specific way that I think works for the world that they're playing in. But that does not necessarily match up with like the <laughs> like the nipple suit and the other like garishness <laughs> that's like happening on the other side of the spectrum in the. The Schumacher movies, which I think, like, history has, like, now treated differently, and now people have come around to those movies being like, man, 
That's just fun as hell. Like, whatever. Oh, like, Kilmer. are they good movies? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But they're fun to watch. Yeah. Batman Forever. Jim Carrey. No, not Rob. Rob does not come around to them. <laughs> no, I think I, I think that's just like the credit card. People get older and they get nostalgic for dog shit. Um, I think that's what's happening there. You're not wrong. Wow. I remember. Hmm. I remember being a kid okay. and kind of dumb and thinking this was cool. And I longed to return to those times. <laughs> and so, sir yeah. Rob, wow. bringing it on. Okay. Well. I mean, look, I, like I understand those movies probably do have their charms. I I just don't think they're as in on the joke as uh, we we'd like them to be. No, like no, not, I know. not Batman yeah, sixty six yeah, sure. levels. No, uh, you're right. You're right. Point is though. So I decided I was torn between replaying Arkham Asylum or just seeing how did this entire thing wrap up. And weirdly enough, as I was looking this up, uh, Eurogamer published a couple pieces about this being a really maligned Batman game and it being as a Batman story goes really kind of psychologically interesting. And so far I am right on a knife's edge of two reactions between this one part of me. And this is like, I almost quit this game immediately is, (laughs) Oh my God, the fucking Batmobile. Are you shitting me? (laughs) Like yep. this was their big addition is mm-hmm. this dog shit car that basically turns Arkham Knight into a really bad first person shooter. Like the car, the car just skates along like an FPS character. It's basically like, uh, what was that monolith game from ages ago? Shogo. It's Shogo. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that game. basically that. And on the other hand, there is kind of this interesting through line here of almost Christmas Carol-esque, like Joker is dead, hands down, like dead, dead, dead. To understand everything in the story, Joker is gone. Batman now lives in a post-Joker world, but also it was a costly and dearly bought victory. And looked at through that lens, the story begins getting a little more interesting to me in that it does kind of have this is the this is the end of the trilogy, but also kind of the end of the line for this Batman, right? This is the great villain has been defeated. What does it mean uh, to live on in his absence? What what are these sort of enduring scars and marks left behind that left behind by that? That interests me a little bit more. Uh, and so I am really on the fence between really finding this a very pedestrian Arkham game with some really bad decisions about what to add and mm-hmm. some dubious stylistic decisions. They've never seemed to know what they wanted. Like they had two more games of a story to tell. And I like like the arc of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like, I think it's actually like a really, really interesting and where this game ends is like pretty great. I thought yeah. um, for the story that they were telling, um, but is like completely divorced from like I can't tell you anything about what it was like to play city or night. I mostly just think about what you how you started this was like, boy, it's been long enough that I don't remember anything about Arkham Asylum. <laughs> In 10 years. I bet I could basically play that game. Yeah, I bet I could basically play it now and it would be like playing a brand new game yeah. with some like memories of like, oh right, I remember when I went yep. into the sewer. And um, it's so interesting. Arkham Asylum is was so elegant in its simplicity in a lot of ways, the mm-hmm. sort of single-button combat system, all of that. Here, it's game three. What can we hang on to this simple control scheme 
to make it more complicated and sophisticated. And what it, what they've added is, okay, so when you hit A twice and then hit B, Batman's going to do this. But if you hit A five times and then hit Y, Batman is going to do this. Of course, that all changes if you pull the left trigger when you hit Y. <laughs> and it's just very funny to me when I think about Arkham Asylum unfolded in a series of scenarios, right? Like, go into this room. Oh, it was a stealth sequence. You know, how are you going yeah. to unravel this room? Uh, okay, here's a combat encounter. You're just going to go beat the shit out of, like, waves of thugs. Have fun. This tries to have more of a dynamic. You can sort of have a soft fail state. You can go retreat, hide somewhere. But mostly what it's trying to do is just create a lot more variety off of a system that was always really simple and constrained. And so it's really funny because you can always kind of bluff your way through this just by button mashing because ultimately that's what the control scheme is, is like, just hit this fucking button like eight just times. Yeah. This is good. He blocked. All right. You got to flip over on him, punch him from the right. back. You're good. It's that, but it can't just be that. Instead, it's no, no, no. If you mash the buttons in these ways, Batman's going to do all sorts of bonkers shit and you're going to love it. <laughs> And I kind well, of that's do. good. The whole series. <sighs> well, yeah, yeah, because the aesthetics around it like are like really pleasing. But like the uh, the arc of that series has always been exactly the phrase you just used, which is uh, more complicated. But what I would argue, but not more sophisticated. Right. Like mm-hmm. it uses an artifice of a bigger world, and you're like, yeah, that sounds dope. And then you get in there, like. I liked it better when it was a box because <laughs> yeah. you, the box was contained and like really, and I, like Arkham Asylum felt big. Yeah. And like it, it did a lot with, you know, with depth. This feels in, smaller in, in, in a weird way. Yes. Um, because there's just much less interesting on a moment to moment basis. And that gets solved to some degree in, in night. They find a, they find themselves closer to a middle ground, but it still feels like, well, the, the fact that you're retreating at all is maybe indicative that, come up with like look it's comics like come up with a contrivance to get batman locked in another section again <laughs> like everyone would be fine with that yeah. um but it just seems like that that first game was such a success to a degree that no one expected that of course it would do the thing of getting into an open world like all that makes sense for like why it did the things and they don't seem like unreasonable decisions on paper but it sure seemed to get away like it can be increasingly uh uh, uh the reason you were there was because like the great vocal performance, like the great performance is all around, yeah. like more and more reliant on the narrative, less and less reliant on like the moment to moment stuff, or it was trading on how good it was in the first one. And just, I don't know, what are some things so we can make you forget that you're just doing this exact same thing again with some minor tweaks, as opposed to rethinking, doing a different hero or finding some other way to recontextualize Batman. And so, yeah, it was. I, I like those games. I liked playing them, but increasingly, it was more just I just wanted sequels to the first one, and what I didn't get was that necessarily. It's a very good thing you play before bed game, though. It's real good. <laughs> sure. at that. I'm like, yeah, like I like I don't have it in me to be real serious about F1 2019 right now. I don't want to just watch some TV. I'm just gonna beat on these thugs. <laughs> and see what happens. Like, boy, it feels like there's some weird unspoken stuff hanging between Batman and Nightwing. What's up with that? Time to time to go check it. Time to go beat up enough thugs until eventually that next part of the story unfolds and <laughs> we get we get Kevin Conroy uh, like acting. Yeah. What Anyone know what 
What a thing. Yeah. Sorry. Anyone know what Rocksteady's up to? What are they doing? Good question. I, no, I do. I can't tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Right. Great. Good to know that they're doing pod. something. I think, I think people... I, last, last time I heard yeah, of them yeah. was that uh, VR thing, right? I was like... Uh yeah they they did the VR which actually was like pretty decent like I, oh, I liked nice. that for like for what it was like I don't I don't want to elevate it beyond like you know it, it, if you like those games like that's a a decent you know forty five minutes to spend with your time mm. uh yeah they no they've been working on a a thing for a number of years uh, now that I'm uh I mean they've come out and said that it's you know not a Superman game and it's not a Superman game but okay. uh, cool it will not be super far from what people are you know. It's playing and stuff that people are used to, but I'm I'm gonna gotcha. be excited to see what Shadow of War so. Origins. Everything comes full circle, and <laughs> it's a single button combat game, but it's the Silmarillion. <laughs> wow, could see it. Solved it. Could see it. Nailed it. And I think that's gonna <laughs> solve this podcast. We're gonna bring this to a close. Um, thanks for everyone for uh, listening as I scroll down to the part which tells me what to say <laughs> at the end you know th- Love uh, it. <laughs> send your questions which we sometimes answer to gamingadvice.com <laughs> with the subject questions it's been a slow well I'm sure we'll do a question bucket uh, sometime recently yeah. you can follow everything we do uh, at twitter uh, 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 at waypoint um, on facebook at, uh, at waypoint vice um, you can follow everything I do uh, at Patrick Klopik. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. Danielle? At Danielle or I. Any any good stories recently that you've been involved with that you want to oh, shout out? You know, Vice Reports is uh, it's still doing our college advice. Uh, and we recently, well, this is right mm-hmm. before I left. But we did do a cool story with the only out uh, LGBT athlete at BYU. So you can check that out at Vice Reports on Instagram. Hell yeah. Kato? At A underscore C-A-D-O underscore appears. Good. Uh, Our thanks to uh, Bowen for the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. You can uh, follow all of Bowen's work at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. We'll be back on... Oh boy, I haven't watched any of those Ava episodes yet. I meant to watch some of them. You're in for a treat. anyone? Rob? Watching those on the clock. Have you watched them? Danielle, have you done it? Most of them. I, I finished 23. I have to finish 24. Wow. Okay. Is okay. Can you give me like a make a face? <sighs> Don't. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yep. Yeah. We're in it now. All right. Yeah. Well, there's your there's your teaser for for uh, this week. We'll be recording. Uh, uh, that on Wednesday, that'll go up on Thursday. We'll be back on Friday with, uh, something. We'll have another, another podcast. Uh, Austin is going to attempt to join us for this Ava podcast. We'll figure that out. We'll, we'll get him in. And, um, yeah. So stay tuned for all that. Thanks everyone for watching. And Danielle, why don't you take us out? Be good and be good at it. Rob, they didn't sign Robbie Gold. He signed a long-term contract for 49ers. (laughs) The dream is dead. God damn it. I'm sorry. So what do we got? We, need- we got we got <laughs> lots of kickers, <laughs> lots of kickers, <laughs> lots. Just of score kickers. touchdowns. Just score. Just score touchdowns. Just score seven points. We're good. We're good. All right. Bye. <laughs>
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You sure? <laughs> sounded bad. Yeah, that didn't, you know that what? sounded all really bad. Sort of fine, and then we need to have a conversation about what fine means. <laughs> yeah. It was just, uh, it was phlegm, you know? It wasn't anything mm-hmm. bad. Probably use some water, I guess, but uh. da bop 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 check. Why do I sound so soft? Huh. It's just me. You sound fine to me. Okay, cool. Looks fine on the way. I mean, you sound like Kato, so you know whatever that means. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, I just I you know, try not to you know <laughs> let the people decide. Yeah. All right. All right. Good segment. Yeah, it was good. Let's shout all the stuff I've been thinking. Um, I'm fucking super. I'm like 120 percent sold on this game. Oh, it's so good. I'm, I'm really excited for people to get into it. I'm so excited to. I'm so curious to hear about the other houses. I talked to Gita a little bit about it, but she's playing the same house as me. So right. like, it's good because we get to complain about the same shitty students, <laughs> but or be happy with them either yeah. way. Or, uh, but I don't get to talk to talk about what what Edelgard is up to or whatever. Right. <clears throat> Uh, all right, so like I said in the chat, we don't have to, you know, we can talk what we want to talk about, but we have already half a pod banked. Or right. in waypoint terms, I guess that's more like a fourth of a pod, but we're... <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm in control. We can I'm not going to let this we go. Always choose to be better. <laughs> I have, I have better, control over this pod ending. You know, who could say? Who well, could say what's good or you know, bad? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we um, are. All right, I'm gonna pull up what time that is. Oh yeah, I actually have to clap. Clap, oh, my God. I have a job today. Clap, oh yeah, clap, I gotta clap. do the thing too. It's gonna death throw, maybe. No, okay. Everyone got it. I got yeah. it. All right, twenty-two. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, everyone ready? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Three, two, 